0: Hi and welcome to the Talking Tenets podcast series two. The new series of Talking Tenets brings actionable insights from Australia's top performers in sales and business. We'll talk to those consistently performing at the top level in their respective disciplines and dive into their tenets, principles and beliefs and what really drives their relative success. Our first guest is Mark Baskin of HubSpot. Mark comes well-revered as an industry top performer, a former professional MMA fighter he's found a way to convert his dedication to personal improvement to solving problems for his customers. I'd heard a lot about Mark from multiple people before meeting him who talked about his ability to outperform and his record speaks accordingly. President's club winner for the last three years consecutively and highest performing rep in APAC multiple times. Hope you enjoy it. Mark, great to have you on the show. Thank you for giving us some time. Thanks for having me. I want to dive straight into it and talk about your early foundation. So why sales? Um, There's a really obvious talking point. You're obviously an MMA fighter. You've been a real high performer. Before getting into sales, talk to us about why you got into sales in the first place.
1: Yeah, well, I wish I could say that I wanted to be in sales my whole life, but it wasn't really like that. I think, uh, you know, one thing led to another. When I finished, uh, I had a career in personal training, strength conditioning, uh, mixed martial arts. And when I finished up doing that, um, basically got a job in a payment solutions company um, that was selling uh, payment solutions to gyms. And I think they basically just gave me the job because I thought, oh, this guy, you know, he's a large network with, uh, you know, gyms and fitness facilities and uh so i got the job but i soon realized that people don't just buy from you because you're a good bloke but that's really how i got started in sales and how important
0: is that identity of high performance in sport um athletics how important is that to you and how you translate that to become a top performer in sales is it something you think about
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons that you can take from sport. And, you know, it's bringing that into the sales world, like for sure. Um, You know, I think everything is really measurable in sport. You can look at film, you can record yourself. There's a playbook for everything. There's best practice. And uh, I think sales, really, like there's not so much of that yet. So I think if you can take like that sort of sporting mindset, apply that to sales, that's going to give you a really good foundation to be successful. There are the perhaps
0: older cliches, though I believe they are still relevant around resilience, competitiveness. Do you feel they've been a real deciding factor in your success today in sales?
1: Yes, for sure. Well, when I was fighting, you know, I used to get my ass kicked every day by people much better than me. And I think in sport, it's one of those things where, you know, you get knocked down a lot of times, but you kind of know. Just keep showing up to training, keep doing the activity, and eventually things will come. It's delayed. And that's kind of exactly what happened to me in sales. You know, even when I started HubSpot, I struggled for a very long time. But I kind of knew just don't uh, worry about it too much. Just keep doing the activity, keep learning, and keep trying to get better, and eventually it will come. So, you know, I definitely think there's a, a crossover there.
0: Delayed gratification.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Do you, do you, you see, see those results straight away? Do you see much of that in the industry working in software sales? Do you see that as being something that most people have or quite rare?
1: Yeah. I mean, whether you're new to sales and then you've sort of got to build up your sales skills and sales acumen, there's going to be that delay from when you start to when you actually start seeing results. And even if you have sales experience and you're working in your sales role, by the time you've built up your book of business and, you know, the length of the sales cycle, that's going to take time in any case. So there's definitely a, a delayed gratification, so to speak. How
0: do you define success?
1: Jeez, I, I wish I knew the answer to that one. <laughs> so you could let me know if you know, but I think in sales, it's pretty black and white, right? You're either hitting your numbers or you're not. So you're earning or you're either learning. And uh, I think even if you're learning a ton, but not necessarily hitting your numbers and you're improving, that's success in, sa- in sales, right? Um, but generally speaking, you know, who am I to say what, what success is? But I think, you know, if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, would you be able to say, I gave it a good crack? And you're having a, a positive impact on people around you. That's how I define success. Your
0: own personal standards then are somewhat higher to expect to reach to become a professional athlete of course we know what percentage of people make it to the top ranks um similarly to be a president's club winner consecutively consistently what is it about your own character that makes you hold yourself to these high standards if that's a fair way of of um prompting you
1: oh geez that's a (laughs) hard question there um i think when i started at least in HubSpot, I felt like I was—I uh, had a bit of a chip on my shoulder because I came from this sort of fitness and sporting background. All my mates, you know, were uh, much further along in their careers. Felt like everyone, when I started in HubSpot, come from LinkedIn or other Google, other companies, and had this uh, big head start on me. So I thought, uh, you know, I have something to prove, at least to myself. So I really kind of dove in head first, and uh, and. Uh, yeah, did my best to catch up to everyone. So I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of what motivated me at least initially. Right. And
0: with that in mind, you being clearly number one or top three, I suspect, in, in, in within HubSpot or you know within relative businesses, what keeps you hungry now that you've reached relative success? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think two things. Um, one is so I can live the life I want to live. You know, the last two years I've been lucky that i've been cruising around australia staying at airbnb surfing and working so i I'm basically living a life i want to live right now and the other thing that motivates me is you know n- not financially just to have shiny objects but i guess from a financial security perspective knowing that if anything happens and i need to maybe i can look after my family or on myself if that situation ever arises
0: Got it. and and how often do you have to think about it how often do you think about that consciously do you have to go to a place where you think about those motivators or would you say that you just have a natural rhythm to get things done just to be quite high performance and day-to-day is something you're conscious of or not
1: Yeah, I think I I get become in a bit of a bad mood if I don't feel like I've had a productive day, which is a double-edged sword because it can be hard to relax, you know, when you're on holiday. But um, no, I think I definitely from time to time need to stop and remind myself, you know, what's my why, for lack of a sort of using a bit of a cliche there. Um, And I think everyone needs to do that from time to time to, you know, keep your motivation up.
0: Would you you say you have a good balance between – Um, fulfillment in sales and that second part that you're talking about, which is freedom and autonomy. Uh, How how do you think you strike that balance?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's so good about sales, right? Because it's an enabler for you to do whatever you want to do in life. If you can have some success in sales because you're not getting necessarily paid by the minutes you work, by more the outcomes you deliver, that can give you more time to do other things that you want to do. And uh, that's a big motivator for me because it's allowed me to do other things that I'm passionate about.
0: What's been the key to your success of the, the recent years? We talked about President's Club, probably three times, APAC, um, Top Rep Award. What is it that's been the gap or why have you performed so well in these recent three years? What would you account it to?
1: Yeah, uh, I think I just learned from people much smarter than me. <laughs> But uh, I think it's just been uh, not being shy to ask for help. So you know, like I said, when I came from this sort of sporting world, I was a little bit frustrated in sales because in in sport, in training other people, whatever it is you're looking to do, there's always a playbook, and you can always ask someone, "Hey, what does the science say? Like, what do we do? We want to get someone to put on three kilos in in a month. What, what's the quickest path to get there?" But in sales, when you ask someone that, you can get a thousand different answers. So that's kind of what happened to me and it really frustrated me. So I kind of dove in head first and I, I got mentored. I was really lucky to get uh, mentoring, regular mentoring by two amazing sales coaches that changed the game for me. I did a ton of courses, read a, a ton of books, listened to podcasts and kind of <laughs> became pretty obsessed with improving. And it, uh, it took time, but now I guess I'm at that point where it's all starting to pay off and now it's autopilot. But Initially, at least, it was really hard, and it was a, a big struggle for a long time.
0: And so that's that's perhaps going back to the thing we talked about—that self or delayed gratifications. You had something in you that's telling you, "Keep at it; it'll come." Um, have some humility about your day to day. How much of it is process, um, philosophy, the way you sell? And how much of it has been purely the way you approach it from your own mindset?
1: Mm. i I think it's a bit of both, right? It's a bit of everything. I think with with mindset, you need to have you know equal business stature when you're talking to customers. you need to be really honest, right? We talk about going negative in sales and all that, but it's really about just being honest, Hey, is this really like a big enough problem that it makes sense to go and talk about this properly? So I think there is that part to it. And then, yeah, the process is a huge part to it, like making sure that you know what you need to do each day to be successful. And, uh, you know, like I said, taking that from sport, like we shouldn't have to come to work and think, what should I do today? But we should have a bit of a plan or boxes we can almost tick that we know if we come to work each day, this is what we've got to do. And that's going to maximize our chance of being successful. So I think it's definitely both if that answers the question.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And is there a a particular way of working, a particular process or methodology? Somebody, a couple of people told me that you're very, very big on, um, on a particular sales methods, your real go-to Sandler and the likes. Would you say that your ability to, to use those methods and philosophies by the book and just constantly just keep churning them out? Is that, has that been a big part of your success?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I, I like the Sandler methodology, but I think uh, the, the sort of methodology I use is more a mix between, um, I did a lot of work with Scott Lease. So it's like sort of Scott Lease's sales uh, style and did a lot of uh, work with Andy from Winning by Design initially. So it's kind of a mixture between both, um, with a bit of like gap selling and Sandler in there as well. Mm. So that's, if there was a way I would describe my sales methodology, it's probably a mixture between uh, you know all of those.
0: And if uh, an aspiring rep comes into a business and they they invest in their own development, they have the right coach, they spend time on certain different methodologies, and they have this mm. um, appetite to realize they all come with hard work, is that the recipe for success? Do you think everybody can make President's Club if they do those things?
1: I, I think so. I mean, the way I look at it, if you look at any sport, Right, tennis, whatever it is. Everyone has a coach. Everyone has a plan. But I think so many people come into sales and want to be successful, but they have no plan and they kind of wing it and just cross their fingers and hope that in six months time, I'm just going to suddenly be really good at my job. And I think if you get a really good coach, they're going to be able to guide you, tell you you know what you should be listening to, what you should be doing each week, hold you accountable. So if I was someone new, I would just say, get a really good sales coach and they'll you know tell you what to do. But this, I mean, even putting sales coaching aside, there's so many amazing podcasts and, and books out there as well.
0: How did you go about that? Somebody thinking about this for the first time, how did you go about finding and start working with a sales coach?
1: That's a, a really funny story. Initially, I called, uh, cold called, called Andy Fiferson from uh, Winning by Design and said, You don't know me, but I've seen you on LinkedIn. Can you, uh, you know can we catch up he said oh man i don't think you can afford me but let's go for a beer so went for a beer and then he uh mentored me for a long time that was unbelievable and then later i worked with scott lease most recently and i just reached out to uh richard harris is one of his sort of podcast partners and he put me in touch with scott and uh yeah we worked together for about two or three years so i think there's so many people on linkedin you could literally just message probably, right. and, you know, get a response or they'll point you in the right direction. I think that's what's so cool about the sales community. They'll always want to help or, you know, mm-hmm. put you in touch with someone who can.
0: Right. And you made a conscious decision of your earnings to invest that back into your own personal development by by means of paying as sales coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, in sporting world, everyone has coaches, everyone has a plan. And it seems crazy to come and work 40 hours a week without having a coach, to me, that's crazy. So mm. that was normal. I've always had a coach for everything I do, whether it's surfing, whether it's, if it's meditation, uh, anything at all. I want to. I don't want to waste time. I want to <laughs> have someone get me up to speed really fast. I think a coach is um, obvious. And we're kind of lucky in HubSpot. We get a tuition reimbursement. I said that, like reimbursement. So every year we get a certain amount of money back that we can actually spend on our um, career development, so to speak. So I was lucky that I got to use that every year.
0: And what kind of investment and time are you spending on a typical week or month with your sales coach? Mark.
1: Yeah, so it's not not anymore, but what I was doing is catching up once or twice a week. Each time for you know an hour, uh, forty-five minutes to an hour, where we're doing call reviews or talking about a specific tactic or strategy, and uh, just going from there. But yeah, that's at least once a week.
0: And the sales leader, if you are a sales leader in a business, perhaps something that you'll um, be doing at some point in your f- the future as well, is that uh, an approach you'd recommend? So you'd have your own reps, have a sales coach, as well as be under your tutelage. And there's there's some crossovers um, in how yeah. in different methodologies. Is that is that quite common?
1: Yeah, I I think I did I mean all sales methodologies are more or less the same. I think the most important thing is that it's customer centric and it's conversational. Right? You have Banch, you have Medic, it's all really doing the same thing. I think most important thing is that you can just have a real conversation. You're uncovering business problems, you're delivering value early on and able to create some sense of urgency to solve this now. So I don't think it matters too much, but I think, you know, that whatever sales methodology uh know the company is you know pushing forward it ideally is going to line up with the sort of coaching methodology that each sales rep is uh you know learning as well right
0: and you mentioned value there is the is the hardest part or is the real key for most of those methodologies to show value quite early and quickly
1: yeah i think the, the main thing it's like do we have a business challenge that they can solve right do we understand the buying process so we know how they're going to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's really more or less like what every sales methodology is about. Got it. What well,
0: what kind of things were you are you doing now that you weren't doing earlier in your career? What kind of things do you see other reps doing that want to learn, want to do well, but aren't quite <clears throat> at President's Club and you know hitting their strategies yet? What's perhaps the key thing that you've improved on? Would you say?
1: Yeah, I think something that was a game changer for me, um, and the credit to Scott Lees for this is I feel like most sales reps don't really un- truly understand their customer and the problems that they're having, the impacts of not solving them, and the value in solving those challenges, and then sort of how your product can solve them. So, what I did is drew up a chart where I said, okay, these are the three products we sell, or these are the three personas we sell. In column one, I put this is the, these are the challenges. These are the four challenges. These are the four impacts. Like, what happens if we don't fix them? Right. Next column is like, uh, what's the value in solving them? Like, if we get this customer data in one place, why is that a good thing? And the last column, all right. Well, if I'm going to demo that in 30 seconds, how would I literally show how to solve that challenge? So, I think if I was a new rep, I would just say, literally talk to your customers or get your company to do customer interviews. And build that chart. See if you can actually, you know, nut that out. I tell everyone to do that. I tell all of my coaching clients to do that. And, uh, you know, recently I've brought in a few customers into HubSpot where we've literally got to interview them and we've said, Hey, what are the problems that you're actually experiencing that led you to even evaluate HubSpot? You now, what did, what did the buying process look like? What, what could we have done better? And like literally mm. asking your customers to teach us what they care about. Then you can take the words that they use to sell to other people like them and just actually show that you really understand the customer and that way you can actually share insights too and
0: you can't fake that i imagine you can't fake that curiosity with a customer that has to be quite genuine to really want to understand what they're doing beyond asking them questions from a sheet right would you say that you yeah deep curiosity actually solve problems
1: yeah, I, I think like that's like a really hard exercise to actually do. And you can't do it unless you talk to customers. So mm. I think it's just such a great learning experience. And because you need to really think about it, and it takes a lot of time. By creating that chart, you know, you, as a result, you will get a, a deeper understanding of what your customers care about and how to actually solve their challenges. But I think it all starts with being customer centric. And I hate that word, but talking to your customers and just understanding what's going on in their world. Nice. What does a typical day look like for you, Mark? How do
0: you how do you structure your day? You said that was something quite important to you getting the most out of your day. Talk us through
1: your non-negotiables. Yeah. You think, yeah. Oh, geez. Um I think you no, know, for me, I need a um, I meditate every day. So I'll wake up and I'll I'll do that for 20 minutes before I even start my day, just so it's done and I have no excuse. So that's that's really important for me. Then I go exercise. I need to do those two things every day so I don't go crazy and then you know start my day off with the bank, whatever exercise is, if it's going to gym, if it's surfing, and uh grab a coffee and I, I literally just take out a, a notepad and a paper and I write out what I want to get done that day and just kind of be realistic and I just cross it off as I go. And uh that's that's kind of what my routine looks like. I mean, what I used to do and I, I think I need to start doing it more often is actually turning my phone off. Right, getting out of email and just like blocking out time periods in the day where you can't even uh, use your phone because so I think it's a big distraction.
0: Nice. <clears throat> um it sounds like you found a perfect balance which is quite rare perhaps in fact to be in such a high stress high performance environment and you're obviously shooting the lights out and you've you've managed to get both. Um what would you recommend to others? Is it about finding the right business and the right product to work for so that you can mm. get both those things? Would you say that's a unique unique thing that you've you managed to achieve?
1: Sorry to, to make sure I understand the question, can you say it one more time?
0: The the fact that you've managed to strike such a balance in what's typically a high stress, high performance mm. environment, you've you managed to get both. Is that testament mm. to working for a business like HubSpot? Is it testament to working with a good product which you've learned mm. to manage to find that balance. If you went to another business, do you think you'd be able to manage to have the same life balance?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, oh, look, at the end of the day, no matter how good the product is, right, every company's just going to keep hiring and hiring more sales reps. So um, it's not just the product, but selling a product you believe in, and for mm. me that I've actually used, mm. helps a ton. And what I love about selling HubSpot is that it's a platform. It's so wide that just improving my business acumen and listening to podcasts reading books, it, it helps me talk to customers and then present a better solution. So it's actually like, doesn't help me to learn more about what HubSpot does, but it helps me more to learn about, generally speaking, how other businesses are creating more efficiencies, let's say, in a customer journey, improving customer experience. And then I can bake that into HubSpot. So I think, um, you know, where it's harder to sell something is when it's a really, really, really specific feature or tool that you're selling when it only does one thing. Because uh, it's harder to educate yourself around that outside of the product. It's harder to listen to podcasts. It's harder to read books. So I think when the product tends to do more things, um, it's easier for you to learn more outside of what the product does, If that if that makes any sense at all. It does absolutely so it
0: sounds like um you're in business conversations perhaps more broadly about solving problems
1: yeah and i think obviously it's it's a uh, it's uh, going to be better if the product you're selling is more business critical and it you know it's it's reducing risk it's saving time it's driving sales right it's it's having a real impact to the business and you know the product i'm selling now definitely does as well so we can have more sort of direct honest conversations and sort of maybe tie back the impacts of the product to the business a little bit clearer. Absolutely.
0: And lastly, Mark, Mark, your advice for people like yourself who perhaps got into sales a little bit later in their careers or on people starting sales for the first time, what's your top advice for people entering the industry, if you could summarise it?
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be delayed gratification. So you're going to have to learn a lot and do a lot of work and it will all eventually come if you sort of just keep on learning and and keeping the activity high. But I would say, reach out to a a sales coach, like find someone that's comes highly recommended and you know, it's a no brainer to invest the the money. You're going to get that back in in better results or maybe a company even pays for it. Um, but yeah, reach out to a sales coach and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do and listen to, you know, podcasts, uh, and there's, uh, some really good ones out there, this one included, and a few you know, brilliant uh, sales books as well.
0: Brilliant. Really insightful to talk to you, Mark. I really appreciate it. And um, I know the listeners will as well to uh, hear from such a top performer like yourself. So uh, thanks for an insight into uh, the daily life of Mark. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.